So hello everybody, my name's Nick Marshall and welcome to the Pinnacle Mindset Talk Show. This is our inaugural show and today we are discussing stigmas surrounding the LGBT community. Tonight I've got Hez uh, hosting with me, um, thank you so much for her coming along and this, I'd like to introduce two guests that we've got this evening. Uh, we've got Simon Law and Nick Peterson Stocks. Thank you so much, gents, for coming along today. So, LGBT, it's a, this month is uh, particularly prevalent because this month is Pride Month, where lesbian, gay, bisexual, and transgender, for those who don't know what LGBT stands for, uh, come together to celebrate everything. There are a number of um, events held internationally and also within the UK, lockdown dependent, um, in order to try and raise awareness and educate those. Um, particularly those that are anti and that need to know a little bit more um, and hopefully we'll get onto some of the stigmas that are surrounding the LGBT community later on uh, and the two gentlemen are going to talk a little bit about their mental health battles um, in a little while. So gentlemen welcome along, uh, thanks a lot, thanks so much for coming along tonight. I've had to go so far, yeah, it's, a it's, a, it's a distance. Yeah for sure, straight up the stairs I'm sure. Wrestle, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know who wants to go first, but um, the gentleman, do you want to just let us know a little bit about your background and um, just tell us about your experiences? Age before beauty, off you go, Simon. <laughs> <laughs> Am I older than you? <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> I, keep, I, I keep lying to myself. Um, uh, background, oh blimey. Um, so... I guess um, from a, uh, a being gay point of view, um, I have to admit, I think it's something you always know, um, something that probably hits you around puberty, but um, being um, as I uh, went to uh, a boys school in my, uh, uh, for the high school, um, it's something that I definitely suppressed um, during that period of my life. Um, that carried on or pretty much all the way through my teens, uh, even through um, college and probably wasn't something that I admitted to myself until I was 22, something like that. Um, and then following that, um, I don't think I told my parents until I was, mm -hmm. I'm gonna say something like 28. Um, buried, a, buried bad news on a, a, a after a car accident, um, uh, I then kind of uh, have, I guess, well, I work in a, an environment that's um, in the legal profession that uh, isn't, uh, or, or certainly historically hasn't been somewhere that it's been easy to be open um, and gay either. So um, whilst I don't like using the cliche that is, um, as a gay person, you come out every day, you do have to come out quite a lot. And you, I do go to a lot of events and stuff and people naturally kind of gravitate and ask you how your wife is and do you have children and stuff and then it's a constant thing of well the the wife is a the wife is not quite a husband yet but um might be uh in the close future but so you kind of just have to keep going through that process um every so often and you know it it, it does take a strain um I think that's kind of about it really so, so just touching on that, how do you, so obviously that's a battle you're facing every day when people are constantly having to ask you, do you, do you find that you have to justify yourself at all or is it, and then when you explain it, do they, do you ever get any sort of misreactions? How do, how do people react when you sort of explain it? Um, a lot of, I tend to find me that a lot of people is, that are quite surprised um, and the, the thing that I generally get back from people um, is and even when I talk to one of my good friends now who's known me for so long she was like you know when I first met you I never knew you were gay and I never thought you were gay and you do all these things uh you know play sport and uh you know um and I, I do a lot of uh additional things on top of my my job um in the legal sector as well and I just don't come across kind of that stereotypical um gay person said that that's the usual thing but then after that um it just becomes i guess after a while it just becomes a bit boring and a bit like yeah you know i 
I, I shouldn't need to tell this to you. And, you know, yes, you might, you know, have an interest. Um, you know, generally it's people making small talk around dinner tables and stuff like that. And I'm just kind of like, mm. I'm just not, <laughs> I just don't really need to, to do that. I'm, I'm generally at these events because, um, uh, you know, uh, of, of my work and um, either uh, uh, speaking as a, an expert in a subject or representing a, a, a body. And actually it's kind of like, it, it's not to do with my personal side. And I very much do like to keep those two things separate. Totally understand. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so obviously I'm, there's a few questions I've got from what you've said, but uh, we'll draw onto that a little bit later on in terms of um, how it's affected you sort of mentally. And I imagine it, you're still finding that, fighting that battle every day. So uh, Nick, do you want to just sort of tell us a little bit about yourself? <clears throat> Yeah, um, I've, I tell this story quite often, so I, I'm quite used to it. So I didn't come out until I was 30. Um, I was married to a, a woman. Um, but when I look back, I probably think, how the hell didn't I know? Uh, I grew up in a town called Grimsby, northeast. Um, you know, I'm, it, there wasn't any role models for me to know that that were like me to understand what those feelings meant. So it was always that kind of thing of the, it'll go away you know this is what everyone must feel but then you get married you have children and those feelings just go away but um it wasn't until after I got married that I first had my first interaction with a male uh, so I did cheat on my wife which is not you know not something I'm proud of um you know but once I did do that because the idea was that it would get it out of my system you know it would get that those feelings would go away but actually it just solidified that actually I am different to what I thought and I then found myself in a situation that was not good for me mentally physically you know um, I was married for five years before we um, actually separated I'm now married again but to a, to a wonderful guy um, when I came out it was you know what it's kind of like I, I, I appreciate what Simon's saying about the um, coming out when something really bad's happening because you know my mum died a few, about five years ago now of, of cancer but um, where the, the I found out like the I split up with my wife on the same weekend that we found out that my mum had, had come out of remission and she'd got breast cancer again. Um and it was just from that it was very easy to go, Oh you're dying, oh, I'm gay. Like, you know, it was like that it's nothing compared to that. So um and my mum was the first person I came out to because uh when we, we knew it was terminal, we were having a conversation and she was worried about death and and we had a real deep heart to heart and, and with what was going on with my mum and my mum worrying about my dad and what would happen to him because I, mean, I live in Leicester, my brother lives in Northampton, um, he's up in Grimsby and it was kind of, you know, I just had this conversation because it was such a deep heart to heart. I was like, if I don't do it now, if I don't tell her my truth, then it will never feel right and it might cheapen the conversation that we were having that was mm. so deep so it was mm. probably about 12 o'clock at night and we were out in the <laughs> at my mum's house which I'd driven down to because we'd found out that she had cancer again and I just sat there and I initially said I think I'm gay and it was kind of as soon as I said I think I'm gay it wasn't I had to retract and I was like no 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 hang on it's not that I think I'm gay I know I'm gay mm. um and she was so supportive um of it you know the family in, as a whole wasn't completely supportive at first, like my immediate family was, my brother and my dad. Um, but some of the sort of remedial family, like the, the Edge family, they sort of couldn't get, get their heads around it at first. I think, you know, I've got an older brother. He's, he's got, a, I'm happily married. He's happily married to his wife, got two beautiful children. Um, but when I first came out, they kind of, it was this thing of that, oh my God, like if it was your brother, we'd have understood it more because... He lives in London. He lived in London at the time. He was he was like the, the outgoing, the camper one of the two of us, if I can say that. Um, and yeah, so I think it was a big shock. You know, I played sport all my life. I was a competitive swimmer younger, then a rugby player at quite a decent level, at county level when I was mm -hmm. a kid. Um, yeah, so I think it was a bit of a shock to the system, and as well, like the reason that I had to I had to come out to my so aunts and uncles extremely quickly after coming out for the first time because my auntie had booked us a holiday to Florida and originally my wife was supposed to be coming in but obviously that wasn't going to be the case anymore in the, the time between um, separating 
this holiday being booked and everything, I'd met Sean, who's my husband. And it was like, my auntie had always said, oh, if you want to bring a friend, you can still bring a friend. Yeah. And I said to her mum, oh, well, because Sean had the time off because he'd been made redundant from a job and he was about to start a new one. So he had the time off and he had the money to pay for the flight. And he was going to go on holiday anyway. So I said, well, you might as well come to Florida with me, go to Disney World and everything. Um, and, mom, and I said this to her mum. I said, well, my auntie's already said that I can bring a friend. And, and my mum was like, yeah, but it's more than just a friend. You can't <laughs> say a friend. They'll know. Like, it'll be a bit weird. I was like, so she was like, you have to ring them all and tell them that you're gay. <laughs> it was a little bit more diplomatic than that, but it was that. And literally, yeah. I spent like half an hour ringing like three aunts and uncles and, and my <laughs> cousins and saying, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm going to be bringing Sean. He's my partner. He, I'm gay and he's my partner. It was all like a bit of a, a whirlwind for them. So it was a bit, a bit hard for them to, to adjust to it straight away. But they were really good. We went on the holiday to Florida and had a great time with all my family. So, but yeah, a bit of a crazy time. And, and just something on Simon said about the cliche of that, oh, you don't just come out the once. That is so true. Like every day of my life, there is an instance where I have to go out to someone. It just mm. it, it is what it is. You kind of get used to it, and it is a bit boring. Mm. You know, I work in um, a call centre. I'm a manager of a team, and it's quite a high turnover of staff. And you meet new teams. It's a big call centre. There's lots of people, and it's kind of as new people come in, it's kind of like, oh, I didn't know you were gay. Even though, like, I'll, I haven't got any nail polish on today, but normally I'll have nail polish on, and I'll have my hair a different colour and. You know, I like to think I'm quite flamboyant, but obviously not enough for people to pick up on that I might be gay. Um, <laughs> Simon's laughing because he thinks I'm like as camp as Christmas. But that's what I'm like around the rugby guys. Like I'm a different person. It's a different world, yeah. professional world, a rugby world. And even my home life around family, I, I have to put on a persona. Um, yeah. So yeah, coming out is just something you get used to. But it's not easy. Every, it, sometimes you're like, some situations you're in, actually it's easier just to not. Mm. It's actually easier to let people assume that you're straight. And if they ask you about your wife and you feel that it, you might be dangerous, mm. you go, oh, yeah, they're fine. Like, you won't correct them. Mm. And sometimes that's because you just feel intimidated that you think if I say, oh, no, actually, I have a husband, that they might change how they interact with you. I, I'm quite lucky. I'm six foot two and weigh 20-odd stone. So not many people are going to start with me but you'd be amazed at how many people when they walk past you in the street that will go gay or or have something to say when they're walking away from you well that, that's it really disappoints me that the modern world that we live in <laughs> people still treat you both like that and um, yeah. the word that you sort of used there was persona and um, do you both feel like you're putting on a persona almost trying to pretend that you're something and not just not to be judged mm. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. In situations, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it is. It, it, that is really disappointing that you can't walk down the street and not have somebody say something to you. And it's almost, it's almost that where typical like stereotype of a of a blonde blonde female walking down the road past the building site where she gets wolf whistled at. That that's gone from the world now. We can't behave like that. And, no, and it, has, just, it still happens. It does. But that still happens. Like, I wish it happened to me. I wish someone would walk with me. No, joking aside. Like, you know, like, it, it's not acceptable to happen, but, you know, it happens. Like, and this is the thing like, I find, for me, that I come across a lot of people when I put comments on Facebook or, and a lot of my friends that are not in the LGBT world, they'll go, hmm. well, that still happens today. And I'm like, every goddamn day, like, we have to deal with it. But, you know, like I see it because I follow LGBT things on Facebook, on social media, on other things. And, and so me and Simon will see what goes on. But unless okay. you're in those news feeds, yeah. you're blinded to it. And so then when you do get introduced to, to something like that, it is a shock because genuinely people do feel like that shouldn't happen in the 21st century. You know, it's 2020 now. People do feel that those things shouldn't happen. But the hard truth is, is that it does. And there's still a long, long way to go. Yes, it's not as bad as it was mm. 10, 20 years ago, but it's still nowhere near where people think it is. And there's still a lot to do. Yeah. Simon, have you got anything? I absolutely agree with that one. You know, and um, it, it's still, um, and I guess because a lot of people see it in, in major cities and, uh, and potentially that 
they kind of get this this feeling but you know you outside of major cities you can't walk around holding your partner's hand in a same-sex couple without something being said somewhere or um or, or feeling uh comfortable enough to do it i won't i won't do it with with my partner i won't hold his hand in public even though he wants me to because i'm always looking out for the next person that i might need to to you know step up to because they come and say something and i'm not the person to back down from that i won't back down from so let's not sugarcoat it it's homophobia isn't it that you're that you're waiting for homophobic yeah. comments yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, and, and, I, and I won't back down from that sort of thing. If you say something to me, then you need to say it to my face. Yeah. And you need, to, you need to be able to back it up as well. Because, you know, and, and this, this sounds really difficult. I'm not, I'm not that much of a confrontational person until you get me on, uh, get me riled and get me angry. And then I will and I'll stand my ground on stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, one thing that um, I, I do live by, my mum did teach me is you don't ever start a fight but you damn well make sure you finish it. And I, I've always lived by that thing. So I, I will tell people, if you're going to start something, you better lay me out. But there's nothing, there's nothing that either of you have said no. That, no. that actually means you shouldn't stand up for what you believe because okay. what you're saying is normal life. That, that's the world we live in nowadays. Yeah. You know, my partner gets it quite a lot. My, my partner... Um, you know, we're, we're chalk and cheese, me, me and my partner. We couldn't be more different from each other. Um, you know, he wears makeup um, uh, and his hairstyle and the clothes that he wears and stuff that you can, you will instantaneously tell that he's gay. Um, and, but that, you know, that creates its whole set of own problems in that, you know, he'll feel self-conscious. You know, he wears makeup because it makes him feel good uh, and he likes to look good. Um, exactly the same way as uh, as as ladies do, um, mm. but he will get, you know, he will get people stare at him, and he'll feel self conscious, and uh, you know, in a you know, standing in a queue for um, in a supermarket or something like that, because people will look and people will, you know they'll stare and they'll say stuff, um, and and then doubly he's then waiting for me to say something back if I hear it. <laughs> it's really hard because sometimes saying something back actually can make it worse it can exacerbate it whereas sometimes it's like it's knowing when to kind of roll your eyes and walk away and 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 it's kind of the fight or flight and sometimes you have to weigh up weigh up what your options are and like i know michael um simon's partner and he's a lovely guy you know and he you know what like it's a shame because it's like that he gets what he gets because you know what if he was allowed to flourish and show the confidence side that we get to see even when we're out as a club you know yeah. what he's just an amazing guy he's got a lot of love for the world and yeah. and I think it, it you know there's lots of people like like that and it's just a shame to see that they're not allowed to be who they are and to some aspect like even like Simon thinks I'm probably quite camp because when he sees me it's with the rugby team I'm all over the place I'm you know laughing joking or whatever but as soon as I walk away from the club it's kind of you have to put your mask back on to make sure that you're not a target which is just so sad isn't it and you think about the age that we're in the era that we're in at the moment and it's just try everybody in my book should be accepted no matter who you are what you are and obviously we know all the stuff that's going on in the US at the moment and rolling over here in the UK everybody is allowed to have their rights their freedom of speech they can be who they want to be you would have thought in this day and age that people would accept things a bit more but it seems like a th- uh, there's, there's a few feathers being ruffled definitely um and you know like i've always been sort of t- taught from an early age to be who you want to be you know whether whoever you want to be whoever you want to be be who you want to be it's having confidence as well and when that confidence gets knocked, it does knock you back. Um, and you guys, I can totally understand, you know, you want to be walking out your door thinking, I'm going to have a good day. This is all about me today and not have to deal with, you know, certain number of people that can't deal with it. I mean, that's their issue. Not, it, shouldn't, it shouldn't have to be yours. You know, I, I always go back to something I saw on, um, online and it was, um, it was like an article about 
kissing in public and it was um you know like for, for, for me and Simon if we want to kiss our partners out in the street it's not just the innocent peck on the cheek we have to look around us to see who else is around mm. we have to be aware of what environment we're in and then it becomes something more um you know because some people will if they see it will think that you're making a stand or a political statement but actually all you want to do is show that you love your husband or or what you're like any normal yeah you know you've got some people that go yeah you know do it and then you've got other people that go oh that's disgusting and it's like actually all i want is what not a, a heterosexual couple would have is, is that you just carry on walking it's not a, it's not a i'm not doing it to, as an activist i'm not doing it to wind anyone up you know, no. it's just I want to be able to show my husband that I love him in public. Yeah, yeah. Um, so just we'll just talk a little bit about the mental health side of things now. So um, I'm not assuming that you've had both had mental health issues, but unfortunately, because of the nature of the battles that you've got ongoing, um, can you tell us a little bit about your experiences with mental health, both in the past and, and at present, if if you have any? sort of experiences that you can explain with us um i've um i come from a family where you pretty much just suppress um emotion um and you pretty much just uh get on with things um and and, and deal with stuff and you know you, you don't show any of that sort of side of the stuff um so i have to admit that i'm I get my struggle really has been suppressed for a number of years and it has, hasn't been until recently um, uh, until um, I, I got together with Michael and, and, and he does suffer um, with, uh, with depression um, and anxiety. And it's not really until I've lived with that and experienced it on a day to day basis that I became aware of my own mental health as well. Um, and, uh, you know, we've done a few things at, at, at the rugby club with um, uh, with a with an organisation about mental health as well. Um, and it wasn't until I sort of really started looking into it that um, I came to realise that it's something that everybody has, and it is like your physical health. Um, and that realisation was quite um, uh, was quite a quite a moment for me to be honest where it's kind of like actually you know you kind of need to look after yourself a bit more um mm. so I've never been a big one for emotions I've never been, been a, be a, a big um a little bit about persona and sort of overcoming different mental health issues um I'm assuming that you both have sort of experienced mental health issues based on the daily battles that you've both experienced um can you sort of tell us a little bit about what you've been through and ex some experiences uh, yeah, so um, I come from a, a family that's uh, very much a, a typical sort of British stiff upper lip, don't show your emotions, don't do anything like that. Um, and it was only really since um, I've been in a relationship with uh, with my partner for the last three years who he suffers from uh, depression and anxiety that I've, I've kind of um, started to explore um, mental health and actually a realisation that... Um, everybody has mental health and it's like your physical health. Um, you know, some days you have good, good mental health and some days you have bad mental health. Um, for me, uh, the last few years have, have been a struggle. Um, and it came off the back of, uh, losing my mum very suddenly. I think it's about three, three years this, this summer. Um, and then, uh, in fact, I then went through a phase where I attended three funerals in six weeks, um, for various different things. Um, and, um, I just think that, uh, I, I've, I've seen a change in, um, in how I, uh, how I realize, um, my mental health. Um, and, uh, I'm, I, I suppose I'm quite lucky that I, I kind of know how to dig myself out of stuff. Um, the flip side of that is that, you know, I can see Michael in when he, when he's on a, a downward day, but there's not a lot you can do to bring somebody back up. 
um, and you just kind of have to roll it ride it out um, so that's that's kind of my experience really with um, with mental health um, and uh, you know on a on a day-to-day -day basis I am one of these people that I just get up and I do and I come back um, I know when I'm when I'm when I'm really bad because I will just fling myself into 50 million things I won't stop because if I don't stop I don't need to think about anything is that your um, is that your coping strategy then to yeah. try and it, keep yourself busy? It was it was for a long time. Uh, what it really was for a long time a, a coping strategy that I would just bring myself into many different things. Um, I have I have and I still do suffer from ADHD, so I don't sleep a lot. I kind of pick four or five hours a night at most. So I kind of have a long part of the day <laughs> where I'm awake and I could think. Um, so yeah, I just you know now I just get up and I do things. Um, my coping strategy now is, is a hell of a lot better because it'll involve, um, generally involves um, sport. It'll either involve rugby or to the gym. Um, and in lockdown, I've had to obviously to do different things. Um, and, you know, the, the rest of the pack are going to hate me, but I've been running 5K for two or three times a week. So um, I might get you? I might get out of the prop <laughs> of the prop life. Like me. Uh, <laughs> but I've, I've had to do something and i'm really lucky you know i've got a a country park on my doorstep um that you never knew about um you know it's literally a five minute walk and you know i can run 5k around it and it's a beautiful setting um and at half past five in the morning because i'm a shy runner <laughs> um there's nobody else around and it's brilliant that's amazing. And I'm hearing a lot of stories about, obviously, you know, we can't play rugby at the moment. So what's the alternative is to do running, walking, you know, some form of exercise, because guess what? It clears the head. It gives the happy um, hormones, the endorphins. You forget about what's going on in the world, you know, more so with with COVID and just the, nas the nastiness that it's that's it's creating at the moment. Um, so it's a great distraction, and you know, it's it's tough. We're all en we've all entered into an agreement that we didn't en want to en en enter into in the last three months. Um, and you know, it's great to hear that you're doing something positive, keeping you fit. Which is which is always a good thing. <laughs> and we're all allowed a few beers. What about you? And are you sort of finding any sort of strategies for new sports or running or anything like that? Um, well, I'm, I'm going to have to. I've secretly been running. <laughs> I I've been running five k's as well, so. Um, oh. I kind of kept it quiet because I was like, I yeah, I, I started. Well, I've, I have stopped the last couple of weeks because only because I've got an allotment now. So we picked up an allotment that was um, overrun and needed a lot of work doing on it about two, three weeks ago. Um, so I've been up there every day digging, well, after work, because I'm a key worker, but I still have to work from home right. um, in the morning. So then after work, I've been going up to the allotment. So um, my arms are a lot stronger than they were. So I'm <laughs> hoping that digging at the allotment is going to help for the scrums, but um, yeah. A few weeks before that, so over about three or four weeks, I, I built myself up to running 5Ks, um, and then I was comfortably running 5K. So, yeah, I've, I, I've joined that secret running club too, Simon. <laughs> um, but I was going to keep it secret because I'm like, I'm a prop. We don't do exercise. Well, you do, you, you've, you've told the nation now. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's it. I'm the mic. Out. Um, it is, yeah, it's so, the best PB. <laughs> yeah. I'm a, I'm a slow jogger, but I jog it all, so... Brilliant. yeah that's great so yeah. nick what about your experiences with with mental health what sort of things have you over, overcome over the years and continue on a day-to-day -day? yeah so um mental health for me is a big part of my life actually it, i suffer with my mental health have done for ever really i have good days i have bad days i take medication to help balance me out and i'm quite happy doing that you know there's a lot of people that go oh i don't want to be on medication but you know what it balances the chemicals in my brain it helps me feel normal um some people say it dulls you down but actually only if you're a dull person it dulls you down no <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm on i'm on medication as well so yeah. nothing, nothing to be worried about you know um so yeah you know it runs in my family my um nana had mental health issues my aunt one of my aunties has had issues with their mental health so I've always been aware of it in the family and you know I can say that I think when I look back to the 
to my life when I was married before uh, to a woman, like I, I had depression. And I think a lot of it was down to my sexuality because once I realized and came to that, oh my God, what have I done? I'm gay and I've lived this double life. And, you know, and I, I, I didn't not love my wife. I just didn't love how a husband should love a wife. But I didn't know that at the time. I didn't understand that because I didn't know anything different. It was the most love I knew. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so at that time I was going through a lot of turmoil because I was living a double life. Um, and, you know, the fear of being caught or, you know, the, you know like, and, I, and when I say the fear of being caught, I don't mean the fear of being caught doing something. I meant the fear of someone clocking on that I was gay when I'm married to a woman. And I just mean that by something I said or something I did or something I acted. And if someone, you know, like my fear was that someone would go, oh, you're gay. And I'd be like, how do they know? <laughs> because it's like, whoa. So it, yeah. that was a lot of my issues with my mental health to start with. Yeah. I also have um, dyslexia, which plagues a lot on me. So I struggle with words sometimes. Like most people don't know, but it plays on my mind. Um, I've had difficulties at work with it. I've had difficulties in my personal life with it because I don't always get things. My brain is is wired differently. And, and so, you know, I've had a lot of mental issues around that. But and then more recently, just, you know, life, you know, COVID, everything that goes on, like I'm constantly in a fight with myself. Like even this morning, <laughs> I had a bit of a drop. You know, my, my drops can happen in a day and, and I can turn it around or whatever. But this mm. morning, I, I like I'd started work at eight. Luckily, I'm working from home, but my husband isn't. But he wasn't due to go in for a couple of hours. And I just went up to him and I gave him a hug and I, I sort of had tears in my eyes. Oh, what's up? And it was like nothing particular. I'm just having a bad morning. Yeah. Um, so, you know, like mental health for me, it's a part of my every day. Um, and I'm quite open about it as well. But yeah, a lot of people don't know that I have mental health problems because they go, but you're always happy or you're always this or you're always that. And it's like, I, you know, I acted straight for 30 years of my life. I think I can act happy for half an hour when I'm speaking to you. So, yeah. you know, and I think if you do struggle with mental health, you do learn how to hide it. And I'm sure, Nick, you can probably agree that if there's certain people that you won't show that you're having a weak day in front of. Yeah. And, and you'll put on a, an act. But then as soon as they're gone, it's kind of, mm. you just want to get in your pyjamas, get back into bed, have a night's sleep and hopefully wake up feeling better. Well, so yeah, mental health. At thing. times, you almost want to wake up a different person as well, and yeah, and and that's that's just having everyone's having their own battles. And yeah. something Simon said, I think it's so important that our listeners realise that when we talk about mental health, there are good mental health. Everybody has a mental health, and and it's all about identifying. And if you do have a bad time, it's like Nick explained there. It's about identifying what triggers you to to turn it around and make yourself feeling better. Otherwise, you end up in that downward spiral, like Simon suggested, that his partner experiences. And it's where you find yourself in that downward spiral and you can't get out. So, I mean, everybody will have their own different coping strategies. Um, the two gentlemen here have, have mentioned a few of theirs. Obviously, fitness is something that Hez was talking about that we're going to cover later on in some more shows because it is such an important part. And um, obviously, the four of us are, are big into our rugby. Um, but there's all forms of different sports uh, that yeah. can help you and even just training on your own. Uh, you don't necessarily have to set your alarm for 5.30 as Simon does. Um, <laughs> no thanks. No. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's just morning person. Yeah. I'm also not particularly an evening person. Yeah. <laughs> Early bird. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm like permanently exhausted pigeon. Just, <laughs> just sort of talking a little bit more around the stigmas and and i just want to get back to things you were saying before about the way that people behave because it, it, it is their behavior and it, it is disgusting that we're in in 2020 and, and we've got all the things that are going on as has mentioned earlier on over in the states and um the experiences that you face literally when you walk out of your house you you don't know what is going to happen you 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 walk down the street and you don't know who's going to say something to you how how do you think sort of moving forward particularly with the LGBT community, how, how that's going to change? And, and do you ever think in your, life, in your lifetime, do you think that will change? I mean, when I look back to um, when I was, you know, in, in my early teens and, and you look to where we are now, that changed and lot has progressed. Um, you know that things are 
things are talked talked about in the open now, whereas you know it it, it wasn't before. Um, you know, and I almost think that um, you know sometimes you see parents thing about sex education and um, uh, LGBTQ stuffs on on there. And do you know what? If you're about it, then at least a change has happened. Um, that there is a lot, lot more to go and a long way to go. But the more and more um, it, it, it's talked about in in an open environment, then the, the better it will be. Um, you know, and if we can get to a stage where people don't have to feel that they that, that they need to be, uh, you know, in the closet for thirty years, like you know, like Nick or you know, even myself for, you know, the best part of 20 odd years, um, you know, and you can just be yourself at 14, 15, because I, I very much think you know your own mind then, you you, yeah. you know you know where you're going at that point. And, you know, in a couple of years time, you can leave school school and do whatever, pretty much the hell you want. So, uh, you know, if we can get to that situation where uh, it, it's just accepted and we don't actually need to talk about it as a specialized subject, um, that that break will it happen in my lifetime. I'd hope so, but I'm not, I don't know to be honest. Mm. You know, like for me, like, and I think one of the things that Simon probably hasn't—I don't know if he's thought about it or not—but Section Twenty Eight. Yeah. I, you know, like when we would have been at school, Section Twenty Eight was in force, so no, we weren't a part of the fight of, of turning it down necessarily, but we were massively affected by Section Twenty Eight, which is the fact that teachers couldn't even acknowledge homosexuality in schools they couldn't talk about it if there was homosexual you know when you re research it you find that a lot of teachers back during the time when section 28 was live they necessarily didn't agree with it and they wanted to help these younger children understand these feelings but they they were afraid to talk about it they were afraid to talk about homosexuality and that it was normal because they were told they weren't allowed to and and, and they, they, you know so Growing up, and there's a reason why it took me until I turned 30 to come out. It's because I grew up not in an environment where people couldn't talk about homosexuality. Like when I grew up, the only gay celebrities that I knew of was Graham Norton and Alan Carr. Now we've got Jack Zachary Quinto. You've got gay rugby players. You know, you've got Gareth Thomas. You know, you just, you've got all these role models now that are not your your stereotypical gay person and. I think as well, when you think about gay characters in films, if you look back to the 80s, 90s, if there was a gay character, they would have been effeminate, they would have been camp, they would have been into fashion, they wouldn't have been into sports. So, whereas now you've actually got films that are based on gay people that are in the mainstream. Yeah. And they are about people that are not that stereotype. So we've come a long way. There's just a hell of a lot long way to go. And, you know, with everything that's going on, you know, like the fight for equal rights for LGBT people has not been going on as long as it has for people of colour. And we're still a long, long way from where we need to be for people of colour in one of the most, you know, what we perceive as one of the most progressive countries in the world. And, and even in the UK, you know, there's still inequalities there. And, you know, like, I just think like there are, there are people of color that also fall into the LGBT community yeah. and where's their voice? You know, there's, there's issues within the LGBT community around race. You know, it's not, we're not immune to it, you know? And so people like me and Simon within the LGBT community have to speak out in that community about those things to support <laughs> our friends that are people of color. And, you know, it's, it, it's getting that balance because it's kind of, I think there's this big, thing that everyone goes oh well you're gay so you're you're not transphobic you're not this you're not that but actually within the community we have our own little fights that we have to make because mm -hmm. there are gay people out there that don't necessarily believe that there's there's non-binary and so there's a there's a, a battle with inside the community as well as outside it it's not you know and that's why we still need pride you know, that's why, you know, and that's why this month it's so hard not having it, you know. Yeah. I'm scheduled to be going to quite a lot of the prize this season. Yeah. Um, and, and for me, it's kind of, I don't just go for the fun of it. Like some of it, it's like, yeah, the music, this, or the other. But it's, it's getting to actually stand there. Like 
for me and my husband, Sean, like it's probably the only time that we ever walk through Leicester City Centre holding hands yeah. is during that Pride March because it is still a Pride March. You know, a lot of places it's more of a parade now, but mm-hmm. in Leicester it's still kind of a march and, and, and we actually will hold hands while we're walking through the city centre because it's kind of, I'm going to hold, hold my head high, this is who we are and you need to get used to it. And so it, it, it's a shame that we haven't got those things because yeah. it means we're going to lose that visibility. And it's also it's also a shame that right. you can't do that for the rest of the year and, and every single day. It's like you both earlier on, you can't have that intimacy as a, as a couple, and it's just I, I just genuinely hope as a society we 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 change and it just we've got to we've got to come to accept. It's not no not not accept. That's not the wrong word, but we've got to come to just it's the normal. It's the it's the norm. There's no, there's nothing wrong. There's nothing, you, you're just being normal people and you just want to live your lives. You don't want to, does that make sense? There is a part of it that we need to remember that like, so we've had a negative experience. So then you don't do it. Yeah. That doesn't mean, so it could be that I could do it again tomorrow and actually I won't have a negative experience. Mm. And there will have been times when we've done it but it won't have been until we had that negative experience that we stopped doing it. But then it's because of that one negative experience that then stops us doing it again. So we might not necessarily notice that it's changed because we're too afraid to attempt it. So there's also an element of it, whereas, you know, we have to maybe try it again. But as soon as you get that negative, like, and I know that there'll be that point where you'll get a lot, or you'll get, and you're just like, can't bother. I'm not yeah. here to judge. Like, yeah. I'll just walk down the street, get from A to B as quick as possible, so I can get on with the rest of the day. Yeah. So that that sort of comes that alludes nicely actually into my into my next question. Um, obviously, you've you've spoken a lot about things repeating itself and and whatever else. There'll be people that are listening to this and that have friends that are listening to this, or friends of friends or whatever that will be sitting there and and very similar situations to both of you. I know both of you are from completely different backgrounds and completely different stories, but what advice have you got for people out there that are, that are sort of fighting their own battles in their own minds that they're scared to come out? What, what sort of advice have you, have you got for them? Um, you just, you have to do it when you're ready. Um, you have to, you have to, you know, just come to that realization in yourself first and be comfortable in yourself. Um, I, I wouldn't suggest that you, you try and push it out before you're ready to do it. Um, I, you know, that's just really from my own experience, but um, you know, also just think about the people that are around you because the people that surround you generally will be people that are your friends and that you've known for a while and that you've picked for there and they're there for a reason mm-hmm. and they're probably more accepting than what you think in your head and your head will be oh my god how am I ever going to tell these people and actually certainly your best friends will probably just turn around and go I don't really care yeah <laughs> it's like the, the least interesting thing about you um so you know it's not as bad as you think it will be in your head it will be bad but you know I, I would advocate you try and talk to somebody, but only when you're ready and don't let people push you and don't let people sort of um, uh, make make you do anything that you don't want to do when you're not ready, because I think that's potentially as harmful as as um, as bottling up for years and years and years and then then coming out at a later date. Um, you know, and then don't be afraid that you don't hit the stereotypical person that that, that's out there that that's the other thing I, I don't think either Nick or I do to do it to a large extent um you, you know you don't have to be anything that anybody thinks that you might need to be just because you say oh you know I'm, I'm gay or, or whatever um you know just be yourself and, and be the best version of yourself that you can possibly be yeah. um, and that's how I try um you know and live my life now in that you know I know that I'm not brilliant at a million things, but if I'm going to attempt something, I'm going to do it to the best of my ability. Um, and that's all that anybody can ever ask of you. Thank you for that. Yeah, like, my advice is kind of on the same vein. It's, you know, definitely do, you know, like, 
I think for me, like coming out late, when I first came out, there was this little bit of thing, oh, I should have come out sooner, like why was I hiding, you know? And like you look at all the, the sort of people that have come before you, that are that, like the activists, you know, that have, have, that have made a, a change to the community and how it's viewed, but you can, like, there's no right time. There isn't a right time. It's just you do it or you don't. But again, you have to, you know, you have to be ready to do it. It's not like, because once you've done it, that's it you've ripped the plaster off um it becomes easier but once you've done it and again like it really shocked me because actually everyone is supportive and if they're not supportive then that you don't need them in your life like one of the things that i thought i'm lucky my family are really supportive but mm -hmm. there's also elements of it where i've made a new family for myself mm -hmm. with friends that are there supportive for me um mm -hmm. And I would actually say that I'm possibly closer to them than I am actual sort of my biological family. You know, my family, like I said, my dad, absolutely amazing. My brother, so supportive, like they're there for everything. So like I said, from that point of view, I'm really lucky because there are people that don't have that support, that don't have that understanding. Um, and, you know, there are people that get kicked out of their houses still when they come out. So, you know, it's, but if that happens, reach out, reach out to the community. We will reach, you know, look at the clubs around you you know not just rugby clubs football teams there's other types of things you know um in northampton they've got something called q space in leicester we've got the set the lgbt center there'll be something in in your town that you can reach out to and they will help you because you'll build that bond and you know no one wants to see you know someone homeless because of being who they are yeah you know, it's quite scary when you look at statistics and one of the statistics that scares me is like there's a high volume like like there's more LGBT people that are part of that, like the homeless community such a large percentage of them are LGBT youth and for me it's like that's scary to think that they they felt that they had to leave home yeah do nothing so they could be who they are mm. and so you know long way to go and a lot of support needs to be done but you know don't don't live in the closet. Don't be afraid to be who you are. And, you know, make little changes to start with. It doesn't have to be drastic, you know. And as well, when you come out, you don't have to come out to the world all at once. Come out to someone that you're close to, that you trust. <clears throat> you know, pick, yeah. pick someone. And it doesn't even, and if you, you know, or come out to someone that's a stranger first, if that makes you feel better, that has no, knows nothing about you. But come out to someone and then you'll start to feel more comfortable in yourself because actually it's the it's the hiding that has the effect on your mental health it's not like i I'm, i don't have mental health problems because i'm gay i have mental health problems because i felt like i had to hide that i'm gay mm. so and it's i think for me like i've so i've been out for seven years six seven years and it's kind of like i'm going through a process and i'm still going through that process there are still things that i learn about myself um because I become more comfortable in myself. So it's a process. And, you know, but there are people out there that will support you. And it'll be, pe it'll be the people that you least expect it yeah. that will probably be there for you the most. Yeah. Guys, thank you so much for that. Um, really, really interesting um, hearing both your thoughts. And obviously, as I said at the beginning, this is our first first launch. And I think it's just so appropriate that with it being Pride Month, um, just your, both of your experiences, hopefully people, even if it benefits one person and, and helps them get through um, their battles that they're, that they're overcoming or whether they're experiencing difficulties walking down the street when they're getting sort of homophobic um, uh, slur at them. Um, just by hearing you two sort of talking about your experiences, hopefully it will help them. And, and anybody that feels like they want to get in touch with um, the Pinnacle Mindset, um, you can get in touch with us. Um, we've got various social media platforms. We've got email address and we can support you and we can help you find community groups um, wherever you live if you do want to get in touch with us. So please don't think you are alone. Please get in touch. Um, guys, I know both of you have been talking about rugby. Um, I'm going to give you a little bit of a plug now, um, but you both play for the Northampton Outlaws. Is that correct? I can oh, see a couple of shirts. Shirt. <laughs> Woo! Love it. Good stuff. My um, so, yeah, guys, this is not just about 
uh, rugby. This is about life. Um, but the two gentlemen that we've got as guests, uh, they use rugby as their one of their sort of mediums to overcome um, their issues. Uh, but also, it's a damn good opportunity just to get together and have a good knees up at the end of it. Um, unfortunately, I'd be scared if I was sort of the wingers and stuff like that. They'll be having to get fit. They'll all have uh, washboard abs and stuff like that and lifting weights. They, won't no, they, they, they never run anyway. <laughs> Our backs are not fit. <laughs> Good stuff. If anybody's in the Northampton area, pop down and uh, watch them and, and give them support. And, and yeah, not just um, for the rugby, but just for everything they're trying to, trying to achieve. And, and the guys, check out their website as well. Um, they're on they're on Google, so search them on Google. I did it before, and it's really really good stuff on there. So, um, so yeah, thank you so much, guys, for coming on. I really re- we really appreciate everything you've done this evening, and um, keep keep doing what you're doing. I think. Thanks, guys. Awesome, um, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast uh, talk show. We will be here around for more. If you uh, feel like you want to get in touch with us, please find us on social media platforms. Uh, please ask us some questions and we can uh, talk about anything mental health. So if you've got any suggestions, please get in touch. Until the next time from Hez and from me, it is goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.